0: What? Life isn't supposed to suck? Get out of here. Life is supposed to be good? For me? I don't think so. Truth, did you know that you have the power to create your own reality? Truth, did you know that you can live the life that you've always desired? Holy That's right, and that's why we're here. Are you ready? Unless you're on joy overload, you've come to the right place. It's time to get out of your own way and start creating more of what you want and less of what you don't. Enough with the excuses. I'm your host, Jenny Roberts. Let's do this. All right, we are back. Episode two, bring it on. Maria, how are you doing today? Hey, I am doing fabulous. How are you? Uh, Awesome. So happy to have you here. Welcome, everyone. We are back. We are continuing our AE journey. We're so glad you joined us today. You know, we are all in this together and we are more alike than different. And part of the reason that I asked Marie to help me with this portion of our podcast is so that people would always have a place to go to when they first hear about Living in Alignment, what that means, and really understand how this all started what kicked it off and it's so important to us that you know that this really is all about you the idea is that i'm being vulnerable enough to share my crap (laughs) so that maybe you feel a little bit better about your crap (laughs) because again we all are dealing with it right and it just comes in a wide variety of forms but we're all in it so yeah let's get to it maria
1: Absolutely. Hi, everybody again. I'm Maria. Thank you again for joining us. We are in part two of Jannie Roberts. Who is she? Meet the woman behind the mic. <laughs> okay, I had to do that. I'm sorry. Okay, no, so, I love it.
0: I love it. That's great.
1: <laughs> um, so we left off um, last time. You were in your 20s. You're living in Florida. Um, and we started to touch on an event that truly impacted your life. I wanted to pause and allow you time to touch more on that.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's interesting, like we got through the the first couple of decades of my life. And Mm -hmm. uh, I think that, you know, the point of that really for the listeners is to understand that everything that happens to us throughout our lifetimes, from the time we're born, really before that, that's that's for another episode. uh, You know, it all impacts where we are now uh, to, you know, influence us in a variety of ways. And that's what we teach. And that's what our work is all about. And you'll see how this all comes together. As, as you make your way through these episodes. So yeah, the, the, the real event, if you will, um, in my 20s was I was about 26 years old. I was working professionally uh, as a performer. I was singing. I was dancing. I was acting. I was frustrated. I mean, we always want things to go faster when we're in our 20s, right? Like we just can't make it all go fast enough. And then Later, we're like, please slow it all down. <laughs> oh, <absolutely. laughs> right. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy. But I, uh, I I was feeling fairly good about things, and I was driving home uh, after a gig one night. I I wasn't actually driving; a friend of mine was driving, and we were in Tampa, Florida. We were making a turn at a light. I was almost asleep, like just at that that point. And actually, I had my seat reclined because uh, I was chilling. She was driving. And a young man, about 18, 19 years old, ran a red light and hit us. And so we were making a left heading north and he was going straight heading south. So that impact hit the front passenger portion of the car, which is the side I was on. And I was ejected through the rear windshield. Uh, I did not have my seatbelt on, don't hate on me. Uh, It was not a law at the time and that's gonna give my age away. But it did save my life. I do not recommend that mm-hmm. <laughs> at all. But it it did allow me because that side of the car was gone. So it yeah. did like just exit me to safety, if you will. Anyway, I ended up on the road. And this is quite a busy road. Now, now it's crazy busy. But back then, I'd say it's like two lanes on each side, right? Mm-hmm. Two northbound, two southbound. So I was in the middle of the road. And what I can tell you that I did remember was that uh, very quickly I had an out-of-body experience. I could see myself on the road. I was watching this happen. A woman on a motorcycle stopped. She was like a real Harley chick. I really liked her vibe. And she drugged me out of the road. And it was during that time that I literally had a come-to-Jesus moment. So I had uh, flatlined there. And I was observing this. I, I found this out later. And... In a nutshell, I was basically told my work was not done. Mm-hmm. So that, that was the message that I got. And then when I was completely conscious again, I was in the hospital in Tampa. Now, most of the damage was done in my face. The left-hand side of my face was basically completely removed. So it was completely open. So you, I know we all like, if you ever bump your face, it's such a disaster, right? You barely have to bump it and it swells. And if you cut it, forget it. Just like, it's so vascular, you bleed like crazy. Um, but swelling and discoloration, I mean, the skin is very thin, right? On the face. So it was what it was. And what I do know is when I got to the hospital uh, as the universe, you know, would have it, there was a plastic surgeon on call, you know, the doctors rotate. So it just happened that this miracle man, um, and I'll never forget him. Dr. Charles McLaughlin was there on call in the ER that night. And he worked on me and the nurses passed out. Like (laughs) he was (laughs) like, it's just going to be us. And I was like, well, I couldn't talk, but I remember this. Right? And they couldn't give me any, any anesthesia because I had so much cranial trauma. I had so much head trauma mm-hmm. that they were afraid to do that. But my body was in complete shock. You know, I had broken collarbones. I mean, my body was in complete shock. I really, I don't remember feeling a whole lot of anything, right? Because that's that's your body's way of saving you from that. And so he stitched me up. I had a couple hundred stitches in my face plus, you know, and how that man knew how to follow the contour of my face. I have no idea because the swelling, you know, like how would he even know what I looked like? Right. I mean, there's just, it was, there were so many crazy things about it. So that was the beginning of a very, very long healing process that happened in 1986. So probably prior, prior to when you were around. And, um, and so
1: I was here, know, I was just young, yeah, was
0: a long time ago and, you know, medicine was different than it is now, but plastic surgery was, was a thing, if you will. So I was very fortunate. I spent a lot of time in the hospital. I, um, They didn't know if I'd be able to see out of my left eye for a while because there was so much swelling, but my left eye was fine. That was all good. Uh, But I have had, um, I've lost track, actually, how many surgeries I've had on my face, over a dozen, well over a dozen. I had surgery on my face five years ago because I have massive imbalance to my face because all of this happened on one side. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, tissue was removed, tissue was pulled together, all of that took place. And I was very young, which was good, right? Because I I was healing quickly and things like that. But I had a lot of different procedures done to try to smooth my face out, even it out. And so now I have to do things to balance that because without that, it's, it's very obviously out of balance. So if I'm having a conversation with somebody, they're not gonna notice that too much probably. But if I try to do like a still shot, of some kind, that's going to be a problem, right? Because it's just very obvious. So uh, for me, I was just very happy to be alive. Uh, I have to, I do have to tell you one thing that was so funny was when I would see children because kids would be like, what's the matter with your face? You know, <laughs> what happened to your face lady? And their Out parents the are like, yeah. <laughs> right. And their parents are like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, no, it's okay. You know? And I had. Bandages everywhere. It wasn't just my face, but that's that's a pretty obvious thing. And kids are curious, and I loved that. It really helped me heal mm-hmm. because you know I was like, let me just tell you, you know. And then of course I would always talk to them about how beautiful they were.
1: Oh my gosh!
0: Because yes. that's what you do, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know it was it was a to be someone who was a performer uh, have this wake up call about physicality was really profound. I was so grateful to still be alive. I was not somehow willing to just give up, you know, my career. I knew I knew it was on hold. But I was okay. like uh, I, I had youth on my side. Uh-huh. So I was able to find my way out of that but but it wasn't easy. I had to rehab myself off of pain meds. I mean, they, they just wanted to give me so many. And I just was like, okay, I can't even function. Okay. They'd be like, okay, oh, you can take this and drive. You can take it every four hours. I was like, oh, <laughs> that's a bad idea. <laughs> can only use one arm anyway, you know, kind of sort of, but it was uh, an opportunity. And I I love to share the story because Again, people might meet me and, and think I would have no idea what it would feel like. You know, we just we meet people and we think, oh, they they would they have no idea what I've been through. But, you know, we have that this little ongoing thing at, at AE where we talk about when we're working in, uh, in one of the courses that we offer online and we're working on our stuff, right? Our crap. And we talk about, hey, write down the stuff that you're dealing with. It's just overwhelming and, you know, just ridiculously hard. Wad it up and throw it in the middle of the floor. You know, let's say we're sitting in a circle, whether it's live or virtual. And then go pick up someone else's and look at it. And every time, and we've done this hundreds of times, you really just want your own crap back. Uh Like, wow, I had no, whose is this? You know, you're looking around, you could never pick who might be dealing with so much. And of course, those people are thinking the same thing when they look at yours.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, really acknowledging wow, everybody has a lot going on.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I find your story so powerful. And I want to comment too from when you were a child, you know, you were always drawn to the work and had this connection. Mm-hmm. And then you had this event that greatly impacted your life. And in that moment, you basically were told your work is not done.
0: Um, yeah, you nailed it. And, and you know, all those years in my 20s, I was traveling. I was experiencing every type of religion and spiritual encounter I could find. I was so curious about all that. So i had been doing you're right. i had been doing the work all the time. And that is what I called on, you know, and and for me. I don't want to step on anybody's toes here, but for me, it, it wasn't a religious experience because my understanding of, you know, that it is not my truth. I have my own version of that. And I think we all do. And I have no judgment and it's none of my business what anyone else's work is, what their practice is. That's, that's divine as it should be. But for me, it was all about love and compassion. So I didn't really have any room in my head space or in my heart space for judgment. And it, I, of course, I was judging people because I'm a human being, but I would really try to practice not doing that and be very aware of it. Uh, and, and because I did experience uh, by choice all of these different religions and just different practices, I found beauty in all of them. Mm-hmm. Some of them I would you know take this or take that and I would release this or that. Some of it I was just straight up, Mm-mm, that's not for me. But I never felt like it's not for anybody. Who who am I to who am I to judge that? So this this part of the story really does bring all of that. You're right, that work together because that was when another phase of the work began, and it forced me to take it to a whole new level. Like, what do I really believe in? Am I being punished? Or is this a gift? Absolutely. That's the choice, right? Mm -hmm. Is God punishing me or is God handing me a gift? If you use the word God in your world, you know, that works for your source or the universe or whatever it is. It doesn't matter. But, you know, we we wonder sometimes, like, what did I do to deserve this? I have to tell you that never crossed my mind. Mm -hmm. Because I was so grateful to still be here. I'm not saying it never crossed my mind ever in my whole journey, (laughs) but when it actually happened, that did not cross my mind.
1: Wow. Yeah. So all of this kind of had this, all of this happened. You're on your road to recovery. And I know that you stepped back into the dance world Mm -hmm. and was there, I feel like you moved again was where did you go from there? And then I feel like there was a man that came into your life and a whole other phase.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, um, during that time, I was seeing someone and it it was a good relationship, but it wasn't going anywhere. And and we were both just okay with that. And he was wonderful because he was really there for me during this time. And so I used this time when I was healing to record an album. That's when I did that. And once I was done with that project, I was I was pretty exhausted. I needed a break, and I was starting to heal now. And when I was beginning the healing process, I remembered in college studying in in dance theory uh, information about a choreographer named Luigi, who had had a stroke due to a car accident and then developed his method his teaching method from his hospital bed in order to be able to move again and the tag on his on his method was never stop moving no matter how little it is and I couldn't move at all to speak of you know when I first started so I was like, okay, so I got to a point where I could move I was in a wheelchair but I could move some. I looked in the yellow pages. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> or you're going to have to Google that if you don't know what it is for someone, it, you know, I thought maybe somebody around here teaches this base, you know, this program based in this theory. And, and sure enough, I found Jackie Lodo's studio. Now Jackie's no longer living. She's no longer here, but I call on her frequently. She was just a profound spirit. And I'll never forget when I went in there. She didn't even pay attention to what was going on with me. She just said, we'll just get you on the floor and you just start right here. And she just taught that class like there wasn't any difference between me or anybody else there. And I was I pretty much lived at that studio. It was about a 45 minute drive each way for me. And I pretty much lived there. And I went on to dance, in my opinion, better than I ever had. Mm. And that because it was mind body work. There was all of this mind work to it, like forgiveness work and healing work and empowerment in, you know, in your thoughts. And Luigi would come in and, and, you know, from New York City and teach and I would go. And it was just it was amazing. And he was at that time in his 60s. He transitioned a few years ago and he was still moving. You know, it, it was really a healing practice. Uh, so it, it all is divine how these teachers came in and helped me. A friend of mine That I was good friends with That was also a dancer We would go to classes And stuff together And she said You know My mother-in-law Is a choreographer Resident choreographer In the Bahamas And she's looking for dancers Why don't you go I owned a home I was single I was kind of needed To get away So I thought Well I'll go over And check out the show See if I like it And I did And we were good to go I liked it It It's like okay I could do that My dad I won't get in trouble (laughs) So (laughs) It'll be acceptable. And and so I went and that was where I met my husband who I've been married to for well over 30 years. And so again, there's that divinity, you know? And that just led to so much more. But again, I was able to experience another country and what it was like to live there and what it was like, what were their rituals and, and just expand my perception of how things should be. To how things could be or can be, mm-hmm. so yeah, it was a it was a powerful experience that took us into Reno and Vegas and uh, to Guam and to many other countries, uh, and we continued to perform and have that experience. And my body continued to serve me very well, but I took very good care of it. You know, I pampered it while I was beating it up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's a that's a delicate dance. <laughs> It's a balance, right? Everything in balance.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. But I'm sure that you can relate. I'm sure our listeners can relate. You know, when we are, I'll I'll ask you, you know, when, and, and ask the listeners, what have you just been so passionate about in your life? Has there been something that you, at the time, maybe now it's changed, it moves around a lot, but something that you just desperately wanted, that you felt this calling to, And it just wouldn't go away or will not go away currently. No matter what your age or what your education or what your background is, it doesn't matter. What is that all about? What's really going on there? So first, jot it down. Identify it. Don't be afraid to make it real because you might consider it some crazy dream. No, Or maybe you've really been trying. So what's getting in the way? What's stopping you from playing in that playground of creativity and fun and desire? What's stopping you? Because that's what this podcast is all about. That's what this storytelling is all about. How do we push through this kind of crap? This shit's hard. You know, when everything seems to not be working, how do we gain a different perspective? How do we find a way? You know, we see people and go, how they get through that? But we're getting through stuff all the time. We just don't give ourselves any credit for it. So people are doing miraculous things on a daily basis. They are creating more of what they want. But it does seem that we make it much harder. Or why does it have to be so hard? Well, what we would like to share with you is we don't believe it does. It's just a matter of awareness to what's going on that's slowing it down or stopping it. What is really getting in your way? And we're going to make you wait until next time to get the answer to that question.
1: (laughs) That's right.
0: (laughs) We have the answer, but it's a secret until episode three.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So don't miss it. (laughs) That's right,
0: guys. So with that, we will wrap. We are so grateful for your presence and uh, really just for having an open mind and for listening to these stories. And we promise you it's going to continue to kind of crack open your own story. And it is your story. And you can rewrite it anytime you want. So until next time, take care of you. We're sending nothing but love. Be well. Peace. Well, Warriors, that's a wrap. Until next time, step into your power and remember, we're all in this together and your time is now. Time to live the life you deserve. Go to Alignment Essentials slash podcast gift to begin your journey. We're out of here. Peace.